Platform provider Sporting Tech has a new CEO, Tom Ustinall. Formerly head of betting, bingo and gaming at News UK, Tom drove the expansion of the media giant's gaming assets, including some bingo. More recently, he's worked alongside Sporting Tech as a consultant before stepping into the role of CEO. And according to Tom, he now has his eye on major expansion for the company. To explain more, he joined us to share his hopes for a huge 2024, his new approach to leading Sporting Tech and what his team has in store at the last Ice London. Hi Tom, thanks for joining us on iGamingFM today, especially when you're just one month into your new role as CEO. So tell us a bit more about your new position at Sporting Tech and what attracted you to the role. I've been working in the industry probably close to 20 years now, so I would like to say I'm a little bit of a veteran. And quite frankly, I think the thing that attracted me most to Sporting Tech was the incredible team that they've got. I can hand on heart say we've probably got one of the best teams in the industry. And I really like the culture at Sporting Tech. It's still very agile in the way that we deal with problems and solutions. And I've got to say that I'm actually very blessed with being appointed as CEO for Sporting Tech. You've been working with Sporting Tech, hadn't you, for a couple of years prior in a consulting capacity. So what did that time teach you about the company? Yes, correct. I was um, helping the teams out with various bits and what I saw and what I experienced with them, I'm flying out to Bulgaria where the tech team's based, spending a lot of time with the exec here in the UK and also spending time in Malta at one of our offices. What I noticed that the company is stacked with talented people. The product actually is a very good product for the Latin American market. We have our own sports book. We, we manage our own trading as well. And we've also got our own casino, which is, you know, to have all of the tech stack with when you're a PAM is actually very good. And then put on top of that, the excellent talent that we've got here at Sporting Tech, all of that together is really a great combination. You briefly touched just before on having 20 years experience in the industry and you've previously spearheaded the expansion of News UK's gaming assets as betting and gaming director, along with other senior roles across the industry. So how will you use your experience gained during those 20 years to guide your decisions at Sporting Tech? Well, I, I actually started my career, as, as you said, through B2C. I worked with a lot of UK tier one operators in highly regulated environment, as you know, with the UK. I worked on the other side of the equation. I was the operator and not the PAM provider. So what I learned working with the likes of Playtech and Gamesys over the years was an understanding of how an operator wants to be treated. So coming from that B2C background, I think what it does for me is it gives me a lot of empathy for the operator. When we partner with them, what I want to do is understand a lot more about their business and actually become more of a true partner opposed to just the software provider. Because as I said, I started off my career by sitting on the other side of the table. So I really can empathize with their challenges and their targets and the fact that they are in quite highly competitive markets. So they need our support to be able to succeed. So you have that insider knowledge. And as you said, the empathy and, and deep understanding of what operators are looking for. 
So what will your aim be for the first 12 months in the role and what direction are you looking to take sport and tech in? Well, initially we, we've started to be, I say, year one is to be quite operationally focused. And what I mean by that, we've already done some quite big organisational changes and we've kicked off some big tech projects that have been kind of in the background that really needed to be started. We're also, as I said at the beginning, quite agile, but in some areas, we're probably quite naive in terms of our internal processes. So there's a big drive at the moment is to look at those processes and to solidify them and make sure that they are as they should be. I think some of the processes were probably a bit too mature for the size of our business. Now, working with the teams, we're looking at all of those and hopefully refine them. So this year really will be a foundational year for us in terms of resetting some of those expectations. You talked about resetting expectations and and reassessing processes there so what do you think you'll do the same or differently to your predecessor I suppose because of my background I am quite operational in the way that I kind of approach the business so I think my initial dab at what I would do differently is I'm looking a lot more inward at the operational processes not necessarily to fix them to make them better to allow us to be able to scale from here much more effectively I think that we have really quite ambitious plans. So what I'm really focused on is looking uh, at the teams, how we need to structure them, how we need to sort about our processes, as I said, so we can expand quite rapidly. What I'm doing differently, as I said, relying on my background to really hone in on the areas that need to be um, improved for at least 2024. And then thereafter, it really will be a, um, a scaling exercise for us after that. We know that sports and tech prides itself on its people. So how important are the people and teams within the organisation for you? And how will you continue to foster personal development? As cheesy as this sounds, I really am about the people. I remember, I don't want to name them, but say when I was a mere product manager and I was at rank, one of the senior members of the exec team came to me one day and said, it's never about process, it's always about people. And I still remember that because I think that really kind of rang true for me. And he said, you know, you can have the best process in the world, but if you don't have the right people, it won't go very far. But if you have the right people, they can make anything happen. So I'm very keen to foster a company that's centered around good people. And I've said that many times now at the town halls, we will promote from within and we will build around good people. So that's how we're going to nurture that side of the business in terms of if people kind of come along that journey with us, work hard and be part of the sporting tech vision, then we will, as I said, make sure that everyone is is supported, looked after, and we give them flourishing careers here at Sporting Tech. And moving on to your product portfolio, operators face a range of challenges from driving innovation to localization and compliance. How will Sporting Tech's products make life easier for them? So I'm going to answer this slightly differently because sometimes everybody looks at the platforms as a tech race. Now, again, because I sat at the other side of the table, I think I might have a different perspective on this. I feel that when I was an operator and I was sometimes coming to to the platform provider, sometimes the best technology wasn't the best solution for me. Sometimes an understanding of my business and where I needed to focus is much more valuable. So of course, we are doing a lot around the products and making sure that the product is fit for purpose and that our operators can compete. But for me, I think where we will be building the business is really around better partnerships with the operators. So over the next two to three years, I think our focus isn't just around 
the technology and the product, but actually how do we become a better partner and help that operator grow their business from zero to a tier one operator? That is where we will be focusing. Can you share anything more about how Sports and Tech's products will be versatile enough to appeal to LATAM operators? Definitely. When I said we kicked off some tech projects, some of them are in the areas of making our products more specific to the LATAM market. I'll give you one example. We're going to try and make our products as light as possible this year. Because obviously, um, sometimes the network coverage isn't always the best in some of these regions. So we want to make sure the products are quick and fast to download. And we want to make sure that they are fully localized. What I mean by that, to give you an example for Brazil, is to make sure the product isn't just in Portuguese, but it's in Brazilian Portuguese. And to have all the nuances that are required to make sure that the players on the other end see the product as a local product and not a European product with just being rebadged with a, a Portuguese Brazilian brand. You have a more prominent stand than ever at ICE this year. So what will you be focusing on at this year's show and what will make you stand out against the other platform providers that will be at the event? I think I kind of touched on this. I think our know-how, as I said, because of the quality of the team and the depth of talent that we have, I think where we stand out is when someone comes to the stand, they soon realize that we actually have the best knowledge in the industry in terms of the market knowledge. So what are the competitors that the operator will be up against? Where are their strengths, where their weaknesses and how they can capitalize on those and we will support them in that. And we have a lot of people local in the areas, whether it's in South America or Europe speaking Portuguese to support those businesses. And we have a lot of native Spanish speakers as well so that we can form better bonds and better relationships. So hopefully when someone walks onto the stand, they're blown away by the technology, but also by the teams themselves.